And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and you can listen when... And where you want if you can't listen live overnight. So there you go. Just uh, I'm just going through some stories here, as we always do during our, our breaks. <laughs> this is Wall Street Journal again. Mm-hmm. Biden tells a deficit fairy tale. Red ink soars in the new fiscal year as spending surges, despite the White House claims. Uh <laughs> And this is just for comedy, all right? This is just the first Just our sentences. own entertainment well, here. Well, the, the first two <laughs> sentences here. I mean, this is right. I mean, this is comedy. This is great comedy from the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. President Biden boasted during the State of the Union address about cutting the deficit by a record $1.7 trillion. His <laughs> putative conversion into a born-again deficit cutter is belied by this week's Congressional Budget Office a uh, federal budget report for January, which shows the deficit has doubled in the first four months of the fiscal year. Hmm. CBO reports that the budget deficit from October through January swelled to $522 billion. From $259 billion in the same period last year, after adjusting for a timing shift in payments. Receipts are tracking $43 billion lower than last year, mostly owing to reduced individual income taxes, while spending is running uh, $220 billion higher. The Federal Reserve's remittance to the Treasury from earnings on its portfolio of securities has decreased to less than $1 billion from $37 billion. For most of the last decade, the Fed was a profit center for the Treasury, owing to the interest paid on its accumulation of treasuries you know what they were doing Mm. and mortgage-backed securities they were printing money to buy treasury bills and then the interest goes to the federal government yeah right god is that a ponzi scheme or what right what god uh but uh, now the fed is paying higher interest rates on bank reserves meantime 
Meanwhile, uh, net interest payments on U.S. debt increased by $58 billion in the first four months of uh, this year. Hmm. Entitlement spending has grown by $76 billion owing to inflation adjustments and to the administration's public health emergency declarations, which have prevented states from returning to their pre-pandemic Medicaid policies. The administration plans to end the emergency in May, but many people removed from Medicaid will be eligible for expanded Affordable Care Act subsidies. And they just go through all the problems that we're having. The uh, the, the budget deficit more than tripled to $3.14 trillion in fiscal 2020 owing to numerous COVID bills. It fell slightly to $2.7 trillion in 2021 because individual and corporate income tax revenue surged, not because of spending discipline. As pandemic welfare payments expired, the deficit last year clocked in at $1.4 trillion. During the State of the Union, Mr. Biden blamed deficits on his predecessor, but the deficits during the next or during the first three years of the Trump administration, the deficits during the first three years totaled two point five trillion less than in the first year of less than in the first year of Mr. Biden's. The deficit is on the path to increase again this year owing to the infrastructure bill, Inflation Reduction Act, and the end of the year omnibus blowout. And they're just going through uh, all the, you know, everything going on. And there's, by the way, there's been a couple of bills here over the, bills, a couple of articles the last couple of days on, you know, basically the delusion and and some comment on the National Review article um, that said, um, that, that talked about the worst thing, the worst part of the State of the Union address was, you know, you having both Republicans and Democrats believe that, you know, put out the message that no cuts to Social Security or Medicare are coming. And if you go through it and you look at it, you know, one of the things that the reason why I think Medicare now has been Medicaid, excuse me, Medicare has been expanded to what? 2028 is when they'll have to start cutting the actual payments. Yeah, benefit. The benefits, yes. Yes. And Social Security, I think, is 2035. You know why it was extended a couple of years? So many elderly deaths from COVID. Oh, wow. Hmm. But, you know, you and I have talked about it, and everybody has been, you know, we and we talked about it a lot on yesterday's show, but we like to pretend, you know, it's like we're in terrible fiscal shape. And when CNN did the snap poll, hey, people like Biden's, the majority of people really liked what Biden was saying. Everything is free, and because we're going to give you everything free, we're going to reduce the deficit. Well, it's, uh, again, you know, it's, this is the problem that, that we've had. Um, Obama said it. A number of uh, people have said it. Well, the debt is not a problem. And it's like saying, well, your bedroom's on fire, but you're in the kitchen. It's not a problem for you at the moment, <laughs> which is insane because what's going on is there's it, it, it is irreversible. Politically, tell me how you make actual cuts, not slow the rate of growth in spending. I'm talking about reversing it. 
That's not going to happen in our lifetime. I, I am convinced it will not happen in our lifetime. Well, that's what a couple of things happened this week. First off, you know, everybody understands the fiscal situation. You and I talked about the polls, you know, how the polls move back and forth. And by the time we got to the beginning of this week before the State of the Union, people were very concerned about the spending. And again, relating to the fact that the government spending and the debt that we have is bad and it's leading to inflation. Mm -hmm. Then the president. Now, I will admit, remember, the, 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 the president spoke on Tuesday. Most people didn't watch it. So those people who watch it who might have a favorable view, they might have, you know, a significant portion. We don't have the numbers yet. Significant portion could be liberal Democrats that want to hear spending, 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 spending. But it's just really interesting that you have, you know, whether it's the border today where the president, you know, again, doing another interview, softball interview, and, you know, it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. China thing, no big deal whatsoever. As the Senate is passing a bill. <laughs> severely criticizing the Chinese for it. You haven't heard any talk from Biden at all. It's like, no, everything is everything is fine with China. Nothing has really changed at all. The Senate's going crazy. There are Democrats clearly that are worried about what's what's going on there. And he's like, oh, no big deal. The border. No, everything's fine at the border. No, no, we don't need mass deportation. We don't need anything like that. It's, everything is uh, fine. If the Republicans would just uh, agree to amnesty and uh, then everything would be fine at the uh, the, uh, you know, the, the the border. We all know that's not uh, the case. And then when it comes to, like I said, the fiscal discipline of the well, when it when it comes to the, you know, the Hunter Biden, the weaponization, the Republicans now, you know, saying, OK, we're we're starting our committees to investigate what's going on. And all you get from Democrats is is a deflection. And, of course, the president can comment on any of it except to say, you know, they're coming after Hunter and they're coming after my family, mm-hmm. which everybody knows. Is, that's basically been this week. But the thing on, like I said, I just I always maybe it irks me a little bit. But knowing that my my. My opinions on the budget are not based on just random opinions. I forgot who was on. Was it Representative Donald who was on with Joy Reid the other day as he was explaining to her? This goes back about two weeks ago. And he's going, by the way, he's really, really good. I really like Representative mm. Donald. He's really, really, mm. on some of these committees, he's really good. He is he is sharp. He's, yeah. uh, you know, he's right. really, really good. But he was on with, uh, with Joy Reid. He went on. Yeah. And uh, right. and she was saying, no, there is no problem with it. No, there is no problem. So there is no problem. And he goes, yes, there is. And he starts going through. And she her only answer was, no, that's not true. No, that's not true. No, that's not true. No, that's not true. Basically, that's the Democrats defense is everything is not true, but they have no evidence to back up that what they say is true. And uh, and when and when it comes to the debt and when it comes to Social Security, when it comes to Medicare, look. I'm concerned about it because it's almost time for me to collect on all of that. Yeah, I'm never going to collect, so I'm good. <laughs> so I came to terms it, in 1967, uh, about a year after I was born, that I would never get Social Security. It was my first words, according <laughs> to my mom. I'm never going to get Social Security. And and so when you when you look at it, you know when, when I, we look at it, we okay, we have opinions, but our opinions are based on the observation of economics, and the actual math of the money that actually exists. Yeah, right. 
And everybody else says, no, 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 no. Well, they'll find it. We'll just, we just, we're going to stick our heads in the sand and we're going to deny that there's any problem. Right. But there's a huge problem facing. The debt's a problem. The interest on the debt, and if you've been a longtime listener to the show, you know we've been putting out this warning since 2009 when the Fed started manipulating the interest Mm -hmm, rates. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When you probably remember, if you're a longtime listener to the show, in 2012, when the whole thing was Republicans were screaming because it was Republicans mostly saying the Chinese are manipulating their currency. Uh huh. Like, what the hell you think we're doing? Yeah, Romney on the uh, yeah. on one of the town hall debates, I think it was. You know, it, and it's, it's like, and 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 we're not, and we're not. It, I, I almost expected him when when I saw it the first time when I was watching it. I almost expected the other half of the sentence they're manipulating their currency and we're doing the same thing and this is why it's wrong and you know i but of course that never happened Uh, but these are the things that um aside from our show should keep you awake at night (laughs) these are the things because you you ask yourself for everyone who's you know out there and says okay i should be uh, as a person, I should be uh, responsible uh, and 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 plan accordingly. And I'm going to, you know, do everything. I'm going to contribute to 401k. I'm going to put money in savings. I'm going to do everything I can uh, to be financially secure for uh, the years where I am no longer able to produce, which now is, you know, above the age of 95. You're going to have to keep working. Uh, but the... The idea there is, you know, okay, I'm, you know, uh, at least I'll be okay. Except for the problem is that when we get to that point and we're now at the point where the interest rate, uh, with the interest rate so high and, and, and growing, the interest on the national debt is becoming less serviceable. And it's a lot of, again, this is, uh, the problem that we're going to have for a, a long, long time. And the principal amount of the debt, of course, is going up rapidly. When you have those two things combined, ultimately, when that um, teeter-totter goes in the wrong direction and it's on that downslope, then it doesn't matter if if you are financial uh, financially repaired with or, or prepared with the exception of maybe somebody like an Elon Musk or a Bill Gates it's going to require a great deal of wealth because the economy is going to be so horrible it's going to I mean in order to uh for our nation to overcome this your your wealth will really mean little to nothing and that's the problem the the global uh, the the global collapse of an economy based on the fact that the US cannot service can no longer service its debt is mind-boggling just to think about on the surface without even getting into the details of it globally the markets would look at that and say you know this is it and I don't know how you crawl. I don't know what it looks like in terms of crawling out of those ashes. But it's scary as hell. 
Just reading uh, right here because we've we've done this. I remember the time I was swimming and and I decided to cut all the zeros off so everybody could understand the debt situation mm-hmm. that we're in. Mm-hmm. Right now, I didn't know the the budget total for fiscal twenty twenty three five point eight trillion. Yeah. So what it's like right now is. If you want to know what the situation is, and I'm just doing this from the top of my head, so it's a rough guesstimate, all right? Mm. But right now, if you want to know the situation our country's in, and we'll take a break and come back, okay? Take, okay. take a yeah, break yeah. and come we'll back time with and, and, and make it very, very simple for you so you can understand very simply exactly what the situation is. Because when you do billions and trillions, mm. that means nothing to people. Right. You break it down into what normal people actually make. At their mm-hmm. job, mm-hmm. and you compare the debt to what a normal person, you know, would be making their job, and it's like, oh, oh yeah, it's impossible to get out of. And yeah. we're doing worse. Yeah, yeah. That coming up eight six six ninety red eye. Tires command a lot of attention as a top expense for drivers and a leading cause of CSA violations. Any tire maintenance practice that can help extend tire life is worth consideration. Consider tire balancing which can set you up for savings and a smoother ride before your tires touch the highway. Tire balancing and wheel alignment are different services, but both contribute to a smoother ride and should accompany tire replacements or repairs. Tire balancing corrects an uneven distribution of weight in tires and wheel assemblies, providing improved vehicle handling, increased fuel economy, and the overall lifespan of your tires. Balancing your tires also helps keep vehicle hardware like cab rivets tight, and can help with the resale value of your vehicle. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Progressive Commercial Insurance protects truck owners with specialized coverages for heavy trucks. Get a quote in as little as five minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Most folks just stick with the diesel engine oil they know, because why sweat the details? Uh, this is something that you can tell. Well, it's a Friday night, right? When you're when you're when you're out with the boys, yeah. Eh, you know, trillions and billions of the budget or whatever. Or you're out with the girls somewhere. And of course, if you're out with the girls, of course, the topic of how bad actually is the debt? We sure is going to come up on a Friday night. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. you will know, and you'll make them go, "Oh, that's interesting." Here we go. And I thought this up one time because I was swimming. And instead of thinking of, you know, tropical waters and, you know, women on the beach and things like that, I was trying to figure in my head, how do I make the deficit more understand? How can I get people to understand it better? And I said, oh, drop eight zeros. So here it is. Put it in a normal working person's life. Our budget situation right now in the United States, our debt situation. Mm Mm-hmm. This year, you're going to make $44,000 a year. You will spend $58,000. You have debt of $315,000 that you're not able to pay any of the principal off on. Everything is interest. That's the only thing you're, you, you're, you can afford to do it. Right. And remember, and you just, you're making 44000 and you're spending fifty eight. Yeah. And so part of that's just to pay off the interest, but you can't even touch the principal on that amount. And over the next 10 years, 
You have obligations. These are bills that must be paid of another million dollars. Mm -hmm. That's exactly the situation we're in. Mm -hmm. If you put it down to somebody who's making $44,000 a year, that's the situation. And you look at it and you go, well, it's impossible. You can't make it. And that's what, and I remember, remember the first time I did it, people called it, well, uh, a personal finances is different than the people defending yeah. that, oh, the budget isn't bad. Yeah. You don't get a lot of people saying that these days except for Biden. <laughs> ah, it's great. There's no problem with the deficit at all. Well, it's, it's great because just by the sheer numbers, someone at his age won't, may not be around when the ultimate collapse happens. Well, you're right. The budget really isn't, the debt is not a problem for me. Right. I'll be dead. Yeah. Before it becomes a problem. So I'm just going to suck in whatever. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed. Brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. Bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. You're a threat to democracy if you don't download our app, Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Still nothing from the uh, the White House about uh, Biden and the the traditional. And I want to let you know, I've changed my mind on it. I always thought that Interviewing a president before the Super Bowl was a waste of time. Oh, no, I want to see that uh, with Biden. Please. But uh, and I completely forgot about it till I saw the story yesterday that yeah. the White House has not yet agreed to do a pre Super Bowl interview with the network carrying the Super Bowl. You know what they and do? the network carrying the Super Bowl yeah. is Fox. Um, no. You know, um, here's the thing. Uh, what they could do is make it more personable. You know, uh, an interview, ah, not an interview, uh, talk with Joe, right? They could go to his home in Wilmington. You start in the garage. 
You know? Make it, make, it more, make it more personalized. Make it more yes, personalized, like like, you know? Oh, sort of like since the Jay Leno thing is so popular. Yeah. Let's look at your car. Well, it's, it's you know, yeah. not only let's look at your car, but, you know, in the background, it's he's got a normal garage. Boxes filled with things. Mm-hmm. Not the things we have, but other things. Yeah. Uh, you know, he even, Gary, he even still drives his own car, only in the driveway, himself. It's, you know, a lot of presidents don't do that. He still yeah. drives his own car, only in the driveway, himself. Yeah, don't make it so stuffy. Take it out of the office. Take it to the take it to the garage. These garage shows are huge now. I mean, it's it's it's, it's virtually a man yeah. cave. I mean, it's no it's a uh, it's no secret. And D, uh, DIYs are big now, so go into the house and see. Yeah. Let's let's get into the house and see. You know what what, what you might want to remodel what, here in the house. What books are you reading? What book? Yeah, what books are you reading? What notes might be it laying is. around? You know, how do you prepare for your job? Right. And then, look, you're really big on education. Let's go to the University of Pennsylvania and check out some of the great work you're doing there. Beautiful building. Uh, thanks to a bunch of anonymous Chinese donors. And, you know, show them around. Where's the, There's got to be a statue of him somewhere, right? Somewhere. And, uh, you know, just. Be the regular guy and, you know, and then at the end, you know, you go, you know, go sports and then on with the game. <laughs> what I'd like to see is when the Republicans figure out who some of the anonymous Chinese donors are and it's the <laughs> China Balloon Company. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about ordering some Valentine's Day balloons for, for my uh, lovely bride and I was like, you know, where are these made? I want to know where these are made. But he's breaking tradition. This is the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. The Super Bowl. That will actually get me to watch part of the pregame show before I go oh, to sleep. man. Please. If, if Biden is interviewed. Oh. Now, the problem is he probably would agree to have been on Fox if Chris Wallace was still there. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Because he would have been lobbed softballs. Yeah, Chris of course. Balls. Of course, yeah. You saw Chris on, on his analysis. What a wonderful speech. What a leader he is. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, because I'm trying to think, what, who's the most softball person at Fox that could do the interview? I don't know who that would be. Pete Ducey? I'm being sarcastic. I I don't know who it would be right now because Chris Wallace is gone and so uh, so is Shepard Smith. I don't know who who would who's going to lob the softball across the plate for him at Fox. I don't know who that would be. Geraldo. Yeah. Could be, uh, but he's really he's not he's a contributor, not a or uh, or do they go a different direction and just decide? Okay, well, if you want softball, we'll just actually get someone 
from our sports division and send them <laughs> over there. You know? Uh, I think I think Dan should do it. His crew works right next door to us. I think Dan Dan Bongino should do it. Oh, I'd love to see Bongino <laughs> do the interview. Oh, my gosh. He's on Fox. I, yes. I thought about that after I thought about Geraldo. I go, no, 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 no. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. That would be that would be terrific. Yeah. That would absolutely – it would be great. I'm guessing – I may be wrong. I'm guessing the president wouldn't do that. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm guessing probably – Probably not. Um, although he would be secure in that setting because, you know, Dan has Secret Service experience, so <laughs> he would be. He would be <laughs> now, here's the thing. He'd be well protected except for the questions, <laughs> which, which, which means he has which means he has uh, classified. He's got classified. He's got clearance. He's got clearance. Yes. Yeah, you can go straight into the garage. See, it works out for everybody. I think we found a solution. I think we found a solution. Yeah. Um, I, well, I would be. I, I can't see him doing it. I, I don't see the president doing it. He's not going to do any type of interview that isn't guaranteed to be a softball. I mean, the one on PBS the other day was embarrassing. Wow, PBS, I'm telling you, anybody who thinks PBS is any type of news organization yeah. is absolutely delusional. Yeah. I mean, they're just horrible. Um. I, there, there are legit questions that people are concerned with about this president, and he won't do any interview. You know, if you want to, if you look, PBS, I mean, what a, what a tool of the administration they are. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought the, 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 the most hard-hitting question, if you want to call it that, it's all relative in that case, that Woodruff asked was about, um, you know, uh, the documents, you know, you said this about Trump. Well, why doesn't it basically, why doesn't that apply to you? Of course, she's not going to ask the follow-up and that's the key. You mean this one? Mm-hmm. You're ready. Yeah. I have- All right. We think we've got it right here. Here we yeah, go. Yeah, here here we go. It. Okay. You said just possessing classified documents is, you said totally irresponsible. So what was totally irresponsible about the fact that you had some? What? They've informed me not to speak to this issue. They. By the way, who's the they? <laughs> who's the they? The Pentavera. <laughs> and the Cardinal well, yeah, with but, his weed but, at the but, ice. You, but you know something? Because he said, I'm not supposed to speak on the issue. And what she should have told him was, this is, this is like journalism 101, Judy. Because she was asking him, and he says, well, one of my classified documents was uh, in the home, was from 1974. Well, he's talking about what he wishes to talk about, but he uses that. She should call him on it. Well, here's the you're thing. Ta- you're talking about what you wish to talk about, which spins it in your favor, and then when I ask you a tough question, you refuse to answer it, and you hide behind it, but you're not hiding. You're clearly ans- answering questions yeah. to make it appear favorable to you. You're saying that the GOP is making up stuff about this, and so I ask you, well, if the GOP is, you said this, I can't talk about that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you can't have it both ways. The only way you can do it is the same way if you go before, you know, the House of the Senate. Yeah. You have to claim the fifth from the very beginning all the way through. Right. But he's like picking and choosing when he's going to, you know, call the fifth. Well, that's it. And the to answer my own question, the they in that case is his, in part, his personal lawyers. Yes. Because the question she asked was about 
the opinion of possessing the documents, yes, it's already a given. It's a fact that the documents were in his office, his house, his garage, uh, the upstairs bathroom. We believe maybe the attic, uh, the kitchen, and the refrigerator below the eggs. But there's no question. It's a fact. It's a known fact that he had them. Right. The question wasn't about the documents. It's about his opinion that he issued, and he had no problem issuing it about Donald Trump. And, of course, he's not going to talk about it. But the they in that case that he referred to, in part, is his personal attorneys, not just White House counsel, but his personal attorneys, too. Or the Department of Justice. And It's not the Department of Justice that's saying, because you can imply, well, he's saying that the Department of Justice is saying don't interfere in our investigation. Mm -hmm. That's not the case. No. No, and that wouldn't be any interference whatsoever. Uh, it's and by the way, there was an easy answer there. You know, um, it would be a lie, but that's Joe Biden. It's a given. <laughs> he's speaking, so therefore he's lying. Except for when he told the truth, and we pointed that out yesterday when he was talking about in the State of the Union address, and he he said, um, "I never had to." Have my children, or I, I, we're paraphrasing here, but it, it applies. Uh, I never had the talk with my children about law enforcement. And given Hunter's activities, we believe that he's speaking the truth on that matter. Absolutely. Yeah. And so the, but the, the, the lie, the, the uh, very media friendly lie would be um, I was surprised. And of course, I shouldn't, those documents shouldn't be. Eh, not not that I had those documents. Of course, those documents shouldn't have been there, and that's why they're being returned. Now, again, you can't get around it, and, and that's the whole problem, is that <laughs> you should never underestimate the ability of Joe Biden to F things up, as his former boss said, Barack Obama. And from the beginning... He botched this. And over and over again, I asked you during the break to, or uh, during the pre-show meeting, uh, given the um, the uh, testimony yesterday uh, from the former uh, FBI agent and, uh, you know, her talking about the basically the, the, the two very different FBIs that are in existence um, and, and, and how that works. And we've known that for a while. But I asked the question, did the is it possible the leaks came from the uh the FBI who searched the and I don't mean officially the FBI but somebody at the FBI who was part of the search in his office at the University of Pennsylvania in mid November could be are they the ones who yeah, or be. is someone there it, it I just have to, and and the reason is is because you ask the timeline of all that is is really bizarre and their answers and non-answers of course are very bizarre and keep changing. But these are, you know, I you're never going to get the uh, you're never going to get the truth out of Joe Biden because he's not capable of telling the truth. But here's the headline uh, from Variety Fox News believes Super Bowl interview with President Biden will not take place. Yeah, right. Uh which is 3 days to go uh before the uh, the game the White House is yet to commit 
to the traditional interview between the president of the United States and the news division of the media company broadcasting the Gridiron Classic, which throws out your uh, idea that a sports person should ask, should ask the questions, uh, potentially shunning a conversation that would be seen by one of TV's biggest audience. Fox News attached no conditions to the exchange, according to a person familiar with the matter. Well, you know, Brian Kilmeade is very capable. <laughs> He's both sports and news. Uh, he's got a background in both. Very capable of uh, doing that interview. I'd love to see that. Final decision has not been announced, but there's still a chance a conversation could take place. But executives at Fox News are proceeding as if it will not. Yeah. So, And given that the White House declined to comment all week, they believe it's not going to happen because there are no conditions. You know, Fox News Fox News cannot put conditions on the interview. Right. They can you simply can't, say you can't agree the, to his you know, conditions. And, no. and I don't know if the White House, the White House probably doesn't want to get into the fact that they put conditions on the interview mm-hmm. to begin with. So they're just not yeah. going to comment on it. Right. Sorry, we're not going to do right. it. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Personalized savings on commercial truck insurance with Smart Hall from Progressive. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Not available in all states or situations. If you drive a big rig, you know that more time on the... Watch, I'll, I'll be asleep during the whole thing. And uh, as to, you know, who's going to win, I have no idea. That's why they play the game. I, I And I lean towards, because I'm an old American football league guy, so I'm always going to lean towards Kansas City. So. All right. but, I, yeah. but I'm not like passionate about it i'll be asleep well it's clear <laughs> uh that uh what uh what they need to do kansas city needs to score more points than the other team wow yeah that's pretty in depth yeah i like that yeah, yeah. i'm not going to waste your time with an hour of analysis that means nothing i'll just say it that way I predict the person or the team that scores more points than the other team will win the Super Bowl. That's deep. Yeah, and I'm always going to be right when I say that. Can't believe you're wasting your time in sports or in the news. I know. This is Red Eye Radio. On Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Thank you for being here. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want. If you can't listen live overnight. Looking at some of these headlines. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Walt Disney to act 7,000 jobs and $5.5 billion cost-cutting plan. Yahoo to lay off 20% of staff by year-end beginning this week. Uh, another headline, inflation, uh, is likely to accelerate because gasoline prices are going to go back up. And because we saw a little bit of the decrease in the CPI, uh, last month, it was almost entirely due to gasoline prices. Food prices are expected to continue, 
uh, to go up. And so there may be a reversal uh, in the rate, at least temporarily. And so you see these layoffs that are coming. And by the way, we see this almost every single day, don't you? Every single day we're yeah, seeing this right. company laying off 7,000, this company laying off 5,000, this company laying off 10,000. And, and I've just noticed you, it wasn't one company because of a particular situation that it was in. It seems like it's happening, uh, you know, more and more and more. It seems to be in the news. And again, I don't want to make the judgment on the economy based on that, but, uh, it is interesting that those are the kind of headlines you see when you start seeing unemployment go up and unemployment is expected uh, to go up. The funny thing is, when Powell this week was really upset at, at the job numbers. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, that, that, that means there's a possibility the economy could be growing. We need to hurt the economy with the Fed policy. Do you think he regrets only raising the Fed rate quarter of a percent? Is that, is that, that's what I got out of it? Well, no, I mean, uh, you make a, that's, a, I think, a valid question because there were many analysts looking at it going, you need to keep going at least at a half a point. And that the quarter of a, quarter of a point meant that you're not taking inflation seriously. And is he, is he signaling that the next rate increase could be a half a point? Only time will tell. But I... You know, you look at it, and if uh, who was it uh, that said it, uh, it? It was about a month ago that that said if the if the Fed's not going to get above six uh, percent on the Fed rate, then you know they're not serious about it, and inflation is going to be here for a while. And that's that is what most believe. You know, I would. We look at the the um, the history of all of this, and the rate needs to be. You need to get on top of inflation by being more aggressive in in the rate increases. And point two five just seemed like it was almost like yes, we're doing something, but not really. Which is what happened in the seventies, right? It's almost a mirror take, what happened in exactly. The 70s. And, okay, we've got it under control now, and it's, right. it's Went on and on and on to the point where Volcker had to come in. Remember, people forget about this. You know, we we told, what's the I don't even know what's Fed right now five and a quarter something like that. Uh, I, I just don't have it. In front yeah, of me here. I just <laughs> the Fed yeah. the Fed rate was twenty percent in like nineteen eighty. Yeah, twenty percent. Now again, they they did the whole inflation. You know, and the the inflation number was figured out in a different way. And, you know, what and I haven't seen anybody argue the point. But if you've seen because when they when they came out and this, this goes back six months ago when they came out and compared the figures. Remember, they were saying that the inflation rate might be 14, 15, 16 percent if done by the old method. Yeah, uh, it's uh, four point five eight right now. No. Oh, OK. Yeah. I'm ahead of everybody. <laughs> yeah well again think about what and and the analyst saying all right uh the fed rate needs to be somewhere around six in order to get it you know on top of this um all right hmm. then you need another point and a half you need 
three more half-point jumps. I think we could, I think it's possible that you would see uh, a half a point at the next meeting, if indeed, especially if, if, if uh, you read into what he was saying. That makes sense. Does he believe they didn't do enough? And honestly, you, you got to look at history. It's, it's a very, it's something that is well known. But it's also something that is politically driven. And think about what, what needs to happen. So you have a few more meetings this year. Let's just say they go a half a point at each meeting to get to six. Right in time for the 24 election season. Biden's re-election bid. We can't have that. But you've got inflation. You got prices. I, I mean, there's no win here. There isn't a win politically. Because Biden isn't convincing anybody with his garbage about inflation is coming down. Energy prices are coming down on Tuesday night. The people who actually do their own shopping and pay for it every day know the difference. And I was reading from the Breitbart uh, uh, economic uh, section, John Carney. One reason to expect inflation uh, expect inflation has accelerated uh, is that the biggest contributor to the decline, and we had said this a couple minutes ago, in headline CPI in December was a drop in gasoline prices. The index fell uh, the index tracking gasoline fell 9.4%. The fuel oil index, 16.6%. Brent crude prices dropped 11.5%. And the broader energy index fell 4.5%. This was reversed in January. Hmm. Data from the U.S. Energy Information Administration, that's the Energy Department, showed that gas prices climbed from an average of 321 a gallon in December to 339 a 4% increase. The American Automobile Association's gas price tracker shows an increase of 4.4%. The average price of Brent crude climbed from 80.92 to 82.50 in January, Mm. about a 2% gain. So energy is likely to end up as a positive contributor to headline inflation uh, in uh, in January. The food index was up 0.2% in December based on our own observations at the grocery store which had uh, admitted are uh, uh, completely unscientific. The upward trend in food prices and a supply-demand imbalance continued in January. On a recent Sunday afternoon on our trip to a big-box store, there were no eggs available at all. By the way, that's happened to me twice in the last week. Hmm. And this is at a super target. No eggs. Twice. Wow. Wow. And I thought it was because of the cold weather that we had. Mm-hmm. You know, a week and a half ago, we had that nasty weather. Yeah. Two weeks ago. And I've been in twice since. No eggs. Not, wow. not hmm. one. And it's a huge section. The egg section is, you know, huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, there probably are, you know, anytime you walk in, I don't know, 500 cartons, you could find it's a huge section. The Department of Agriculture expects food prices to rise 7.4% this year, which would imply a faster rate of food inflation than we saw at the end of last year. Uh, Cleveland Fed, 
there now, Cass, sees headline inflation rising. Just going through some of the things that they're looking at at uh, Breitbart. Core inflation boosted by rising services uh, inflation. Core goods prices, which excludes energy and food prices, fell in December and are likely again to be down in, in the January report. The worse than expected December retail sales figure likely led businesses to attempt to clear inventories by cutting prices, which is true. Despite the rise in wholesale used car prices, that is not likely to show up in the CPI figures in January. Did you see that? Second month in a row, Mm. used car prices are up. Yeah. And, of course, I said unexpectedly, everything's always. Yeah. Well, uh, and, of course, with interest rates going up, the price of money to finance a, a car loan. There it is. Prices of used cars unexpectedly rose for the second consecutive month in January, according to data from Mannheim, fueling fears that inflationary pressures may be rising again. The Mannheim Used Vehicles Value Index, which tracks wholesale auction prices for used cars, rose 2.5% in January. Prices were up in December as well. Hmm. The first month-to-month gain since May of 22. Following the gain, the index is at the highest level since August of 2022, indicating that much of the price decline in the latter half of the last year has been erased. But then again, here's the thing. When you keep, you know, we we talk about compounding inflation, that figure, and you can't get by that. And then when they talk, you know, okay, we've got to pay more. We've got to pay more. We've got, you know, we've got to pay more for labor. And now the concern is labor inflation. And it's yeah, still not right. keeping up to the prices. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, you have a, because you have a shorter, uh, a shortage of a commodity, uh, the worker, and and throwing money at the problem isn't necessarily getting the job done. You can't keep up with the productivity level that you need for an expanding economy. You just can't. And there is that threshold. Major retailers like Walmart offering now uh, $2 more an hour on on their starting wage. Well, we pay that. And then, again, does it solve the problem? Or in terms of productivity, are we just treading water? And we talk about, because ultimately... What needs to happen to get us back on track is a massive boom. We need a massive expansion of wealth. and pro- Which would give you is, a massive expansion in productivity. Right. But if you don't have the labor, how do you get there? You, you don't. You can't get there. You don't because you don't get there with automation. Not at this point you don't. You don't no. get there with AI. You know, you can look at some of the tech jobs that are going away. Well, they're not the layoffs that are happening, I should phrase it that way. And some of that is just the advancement of technology. Some of that is earnings being way, way down. I mean, there are a number of things that you look at. uh, uh, Disney, while they're not technology, their layoffs, you know, people not spending money. Uh, They were hoping that Disney Plus would be greater than, than what it is, but... It's not. Uh, you would hope that, uh, again, with a Google, you would think, my gosh, 
They control the Internet. How are they not booming? Well, the technology advances. Uh, the AI that's involved in that technology is always going to get you to a point where you need fewer humans to do that job. But also beyond that, you know, you've got a very woke society inside corporate America. And the consumer doesn't want that. You know, that activism within within companies, that hurts an economy. Because when that when that is the mission, then productivity is not. When the mission by corporate America is to be woke, to be activists, and it's not about profits, man. And then you you fold in the labor shortage and what it would require to, to uh, produce what we need to produce in order to expand an economy in a way that would get us ahead of this situation. I don't see it. I don't see it because legal immigration visas, changing the visa laws, that's not going to happen in the next several years. Nope. That's what you would need to get people here to do those jobs, but it's not going to happen in the next several years. No, the American public, it clearly in the polls. I mean, it's, it's been dominant for years. You can't get, uh, they don't want illegal immigration. They don't want a lot of legal immigration, right? Not the legal immigration you're going to need if the economy is going to expand at 3%. Right. Exactly. It just doesn't, the 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 will is not there. No. 866-90-RED-EYE. We finally have the complete ag trade numbers for December. This was a record December for exports. $17 billion worth of sales in USDA economist and trade tracker Bart Kenner says that put calendar year 22 export sales at a record high $196 billion beating 2021's record by $20 billion. But Bart told us. Most of the gains in exports came from unit value increases from higher prices as a lot of the volume exports that are tracked or actually declining. But let's keep things happy and talk dollars. So in 2022, wheat sales up 17% from the year before, soybeans 26 but getting the prize for most improved export performance? Cotton exports were $9.2 billion, up 57% over last year. Double award for cotton, one of the few products with higher shipment volumes, up 16%. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. The USDA report is brought to you by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Highway Diesel Fuel. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. Finally have the complete ag trade numbers for December. Economist and trade tracker. Shop at iowa80.com for the best selection of everything for your truck. Bumpers, fenders, toolboxes, lights, interior, and more. iowa80.com, your trucking accessory superstore. When you work in construction, water... In Red Eye Radio, he is Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. So just talking about, uh, you know, the, this week and, and uh, with the Fed chair, uh, uh, you know, coming out and talking about that inflation is going to be here for a long, long time. The fact that he made that statement after the job numbers came out a week ago, you went, oh, and after the, you know, what, uh, 
quarter of a percent. Yeah. And uh, you you look at it and it's like, no, inflation is going to be here for a, a, a long, long time. You know, there's the economic cost of it. There's also the political, uh, you know, realities uh, of that that doesn't matter what happened in the State of the Union address. We talked about that earlier this week. That means nothing. But it's going to be tough for the Democrats and, and Biden uh, going into the next year if the inflation lasts for the next two years. If inflation, you're not going, here's the thing. If inflation goes up again, remember, everything is compounded. If we have, for example, let's say 5% inflation this year, and you can look in last year and say, I don't even know it was the entire year, but let's say Mm it was 7% last year and it's 5% this year. Understand that 5% is on the cumulative increases that had happened at that time because it goes back year to year. So people feel the real money cost, the actual prices right they feel the price the the price portion of it the percentage means nothing to them and i just don't see that going down and i think that if gas prices do go up as it has been predicted that by the spring we could see an average of four dollars a gallon uh i don't know what the administration does at that point and if there's another you know a lot of experts believe whatever that is an expert is that we need to be at six percent uh, to have a Fed rate, which means uh, another three half point raises. Right. Well, that's what would the economy be if you had three of those over the next year? What would the economy be a year from now? What would it look like? Well, you know, one of the points made recently about that was that you actually need the job market to soften. You need right companies. You know, the, you're doing it to slow down the economy. But in order to curb the employer inflation, the employee inflation or uh, uh, labor inflation, then you're going to have to, again, be serious about the interest rates. And are they going to do that? This question. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. The IRS, the world's most aggressive collection agency. They can seize your property, bank account, and garnish your wages. They cause sleepless nights for millions of Americans. Don't.
Bona Show. And here's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. A couple more stories before we hit Super Bowl weekend. <laughs> I have to pretend I'm excited about it, right? A watching party. A Super Bowl watching party. Uh, hey, I'm going to have a Super Bowl sleeping party. See, we don't get <laughs> off. Now, if we if we did, how did that work in uh, in Tennessee before we move further? Huh? Tennessee Democrats wanted to get rid of Columbus Day and get the Monday after Super Bowl as an official holiday in Tennessee. Did that work out? I didn't see an update on that story. No. No. Get rid of Columbus Day and have the day after the Super Bowl. Now, because then if we did our show there, we could technically get the day off, right? Or does it have to be a federal holiday? Yeah, I would think it would have to be. A, it's either a federal or, or you know, right. company-recognized yeah. holiday. Okay. So that's probably yeah. why they didn't get it done in in Tennessee. <laughs> and we don't get Columbus Day off, do we? No. So. No. Yeah, so that wouldn't. Okay, so it wouldn't matter for us. All right. Then, yeah. Yeah. Then we could. Then, then we could. I could have a Super Bowl party. <laughs> All right. Here we go. We got to bring right. this up. All right. Senator Joe Manchin is reportedly livid with how President Biden has begun implementing the Inflation Reduction Act, the major Democratic Party legislation that was signed into law only after Joe Manchin pledged to support it. Even though Manchin pledged to support his pledge of support for the bill after months of debate with party members and the president on the proposed legislation, Politico reported yesterday that Joe Manchin has been raising hell on Capitol Hill over how the Biden administration is rolling it out. Oh, oh, surprise, Joe. They screwed you over. Who warned you on that? Everybody did. I love when he acts surprised. I know. Oh, wait just a minute. In a blistering statement. <laughs> The lawmaker torched Democrats who view the act as a vehicle to fight climate change rather than an energy-securing measure. Well, then you're just a moron, Joe Manchin. How did you're you an, not see this You're coming? an absolute idiot. And I'm sorry. I can't. I've just, I've had enough of, of, of Joe Manchin. I had enough when people were just so, well, he was a, uh, he's the new maverick. Uh, no, he's not. No, he's not. No, no, never was. No. He he um he goes along with the with with the Democrats. He does uh, helps them get their agenda done, and then fakes being surprised and outraged. Yep. It wasn't blistering; it was expected. He called their their pers- uh, perspective bull blank. Uh-huh. I'll I'll start cursing now. Oh, that's I'll start. That's how you know it's blistering. Right. It's blistering. Look, look for the curse words. He called their perspective bull. And accuse them of seeking to starve Americans out of energy. Well, what the hell do you think Democrats have been trying to do for the last 30 years? Now Gary's blistering. (laughs) (laughs) It's bull. (laughs) (laughs) This is outrageous. Political's recent report opened by stating the West Virginia Democrat is livid 
about how his party's president and his administration are rolling out a party line bill that served as a crowning achievement for both men. Oh my God. <laughs> crowning achievement? Really? It re- really? Really? Wow. And wow. Everybody warned Joe Biden, or excuse me, Joe Manchin, this was going to happen. Everybody. I don't know anybody that was intellectually looking at what the bill did and the politics of the Democratic Party mm. that didn't expect that this was going to happen. Right, yeah. No, I mean... And, and so Manchin has no... Look, I understand why he's doing it. He has no other choice than, right. than to blow up like crazy because the only other way he can be viewed is as a complete, naive idiot. Yeah. So there's two choices. They screwed me over and I'm angry, or I'm a complete idiot for believing the Democrats to begin with, as we told him he was when he agreed with the bill. And then said, oh, they're going to be, we know that uh, they, we, they've assured me here, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, the only thing is. Huh? If this now forces him and he says, okay, I've become a Republican. <laughs> yeah, I doubt that. Okay. just Well, because if you're going to do that, you know, if you're if you're going to make the, I mean, he might try that. Um, but if you're going to make that change, then that should have happened a long time ago. And also, you're going to you're still going to have to live up to that. With your actions, what you're actually doing, not your feigned outrage after you fake your surprise of uh, being, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, punked by your colleagues, by your party. (laughs) And and I love this. This it gets every sense of this article gets better. All right. Politico reported on a recent interview with the lawmaker who claimed that talks over the legislation with the administration has been contentious. I've been raising hell, bashing how the administration wants to implement the act's EV tax credits. Manchin claimed, quote, they almost act like they got to send $7,500 or a person won't buy a car, end of quote, which is crazy and a ludicrous uh, way of thinking for the federal government, end of quote. By the way, if you heard that little, I just threw the story up into the air. Yeah. Because it was just like, yeah, it, it was in the bill. What do you think the bill, the bill was about reinstituting EV credits. Are are, are you? That was the entire design. I, and, I, and, and, you know, just stop with the, I'm, I'm raising hell. No, you're not. I said he has no choice. It's either I'm raising hell or I was a complete, I was played by my own party. And we told him you're being played by your own party or you want to play both ends. You want to ride that tightrope of pretending that you are uh, an energy senator from an energy state. And at the same time, caring about the environment. Well, sorry, you can't have it both ways in West Virginia. No, you can't. That's why many believe he's one of those in 24 uh, that may lose their seat.
and he should lose his seat. Unless Republicans put up a Dr. Oz against him. No, mm. because remember, uh, re- Republicans had that meeting a couple of weeks ago and mm. and they're really working on uh, they're really working on finding candidates for the Senate who can actually win. Yeah, because you know, yeah, they, they came yeah. to the realization. Yeah, they're a political party. Yeah. And putting up candidates who will lose. Yeah, is it's, probably not a smart idea. It's not a winning strategy. Yeah. 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 You're great point. Yeah. Not a yeah. winning strategy. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. They That's, thought. They thought before that putting up losing yeah. candidates yeah. was a winning strategy, and right. now they've, right. you know, uh, you know, because of because now that the RNC is everything together, yeah, they've now realized we need to find winning candidates for a winning strategy. Right, right, yeah, it's uh, Mitch McConnell, everybody. Right, and Kansas City and and uh, Philadelphia thinking the same thing. Mm. They yeah. both need yeah. wi- that they can't have a losing strategy to win. They need to have a winning strategy to win the Super Bowl this yeah, week. Yeah, that and, what they right. should try to do is score points. Right. And also keep the other team from scoring points. Yes. Yes. And finally. <laughs> we have no pro- choice. Programmers look, getting up early. To say, look, let's turn the station we, on. See, are, they, what, what are these guys? What are they? Are they? We have no choice but to entertain ourselves. Weekend. What are they doing? We have no choice but to entertain ourselves like this because I just I can't I just I can't read the the mansion thing without. uh, uh. Joe Manchin, are you mad at what we're saying? Come on our show, please. Yeah, we have a million questions for you. Yeah, we'll ask some questions. We're. And uh, we won't back up, and we're going to have good follow-ups. A post-Super Bowl interview. By the way, if Joe would like to come on our, we're friendly guys. We're, if oh, sure. Joe would like to do a pre-Super Bowl, hey, well, I'll actually come in over the weekend. <laughs> if Joe wants to do a pre-Super Bowl uh, in, in interview with Red Eye, I mean, that would be good. Well, I'm not doing that for Joe Manchin, but no, have, no, a, I mean, no, have I, a good time. I, oh. I meant Joe Biden. <laughs> Oh, for Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Oh. No, not Joe Manchin. Yeah. Oh, well, no, in no, that not case. Manchin. No. Well, in Biden. that case, I'm Biden. still not coming in. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> but I'll be here Sunday night. I just I just found this really interesting here, just a comparison. You know, a lot of been a lot of talk, especially mm. over the last month, about the blue states where people are leaving. People are leaving California, Illinois, yeah. and uh right. and and New York. And there's been over the last couple of years a huge comparison uh between New York and Florida. Mm. At Wall Street Journal did it by the numbers. Uh, and, you know, say, hey, do these numbers tell a story? And they talk about the fact that uh, roughly in 2013, the states had similar populations. Now, Florida has almost 3 million more people, 2.7 wow. more million people than than uh, uh, Florida does than New York has. And they went through and just compared some of the numbers. You ready? Okay. The top state income tax rate, Florida 0%, New York 10.9%. Wow. The top income tax rates in New York City and Miami, Miami, zero, New York, 14.8%. The state sales sales tax rate, Florida, 6%, New York, 4%. Mm. State unemployment rate as of December of 2022, Florida, 2.5%, New York, 4.3%. This is the fascinating part. Remember, Florida has almost 3 million more people than New York. 
the annual state budget. Hmm. Florida, $114.8 billion. New York, $227 billion. The budget in New York is almost twice the budget of Florida, and Florida has almost 3 million more people. Medicaid spending, $8.95 billion uh, for uh, uh, Florida. That's their money put into it. Right. New York, $26.47 billion. Medicaid recipients as of December of 2022, 5.6 million in Florida, 7.7 million in New York. And the real state GDP growth from 2016 to 2021, hmm. Florida, 17%, New York, 8%. Wow. Wow. Oh, there you have double it. the real GDP growth in the state. And what I what wasn't mentioned there, they're a consumer state. That's the thing is that, you know, I was about to say that Florida, it, yeah. it for the longest time they were seen as it, because a lot it was really it was a it was a a retiree magnet, right? Mm-hmm. And a consumption state also because in in part uh the number of storms that they get um and and rebuilding and everything else uh from that, but you look at at uh at the way, uh, you know, their that their GDP is just booming. Well, what do they have? They have this influx of people, right? Mm-hmm. Our state, same thing. Texas. You see, you see where there, you see where the growth is and where it isn't. Yeah, you saw the GDP growth per state. Yeah, for what was it the third quarter of last year? Yeah, right. Like yeah, eight point three percent. Yeah. And and how do you get that? Well, Texas. You, the one thing you have to have is people. Yep. Eight six six ninety red eye. Lines open for your calls. Eight six six ninety red eye on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave the 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 show this week with a smile on my face. Okay. Okay. No. No anger. No crying. No. (laughs) no. I'm just going through the entire range of emotions. No. Other than smiling. No possible inflation rage. (laughs) I've already gone through that. I gave up eggs recently. Did I tell you? Oh, by the way, there's another article here on uh, Mar- of California's marijuana paradise loss that now what they're going to do in, in California, yeah, they want to now be able to export it to other marijuana states. They're thinking of, of allowing... Crossing it, state lines. You know, that, <laughs> exactly. That's my entire point. I mean, it's like, can they do that? I mean, that's how desperate they are. Well, they, they, had, they had another, I forgot the... But oh, by the way, the Wall Street Journal does use the term. But big pot, <laughs> ah, they use the term yeah, big pot. Yeah. But they talked about another one of the biggest manufacturers of pot. Let the state also, besides right. uh, Jerry Garcia's, yeah, right, uh, pot thing. But yeah, can't make a profit. And now the cartels are also smuggling eggs. It's <laughs> getting horrible. <laughs>
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.